about a powerful female friendship, but it's a comic look at the day-to-day lives of these two women who live in cities 2,000 miles apart. And though they try to support each other with this friendship, they can never get a hold of each other. So it's a little bit of a commentary on uh, the kind of solo lives that we lead in these cities while pursuing these careers. So you get to hear what's going on with the, with the two and you get to hear their friendship via the voicemails. And then we take a kind of a comic stab at the day-to-day aspects of pursuing a career in a rather age-obsessed, you know, male-driven industry. It's just something about making a film where it's getting, you know, all the moving parts that have to come together before and then on set. And then afterwards, I was blown away by post-production. I had yeah. no idea what went into post-production. Right, right. The, you know, the collaboration with the editor and the sound mixers and you know, the different directors and sitting down and, uh, you know, taking you know, different passes at it and then and notes and sitting there and discussing themes and what. It just, it's just really tiring, but so fun yeah. uh, to mold this story with these other voices i really really have loved the collaboration yeah it's a beautiful thing isn't it oh yeah it's 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 fantastic you know what isn't, it's better than sex isn't it <laughs> i don't know actually maybe I'll, maybe i'll take well, that back it depends I yeah i don't know maybe maybe not I'm gonna, oh my. You know, comment on that one <laughs> you could comment come on no, yeah. I'll stop. Well, I'll stop. I guess it. I guess it depends. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, hilarious. I'm terrible. Don't don't mind me. Uh, hilarious. Good morning, folks, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. You know me as Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of this show. And I am broadcasting here live on the Mixler app. Shout out to those that are listening to this live here on this early Saturday morning. But I'm broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm looking out my window now, and it's a bit cloudy, but it looks like the sun is about to come up here very shortly. I'm finishing up a little bit of coffee here, so it's a bit early for our broadcast, but I'm uh, glad to be here. I want to thank all of you for joining me on this broadcast here this morning. I want to remind all of our listeners that you can catch all of the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, make sure you or they reach out to me via the contact link that is on our website over at cinemaafterdark.com. Please make sure you have some skin in the game. That's our only requirement. By skin in the game, you certainly need to have a few credits under your belt there. We value that for credibility. also want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter at cinema after dark for the latest show updates I want to remind everyone listening that this is an information and discussion based show we do not censor ourselves and we sure the hell do not censor our guests so please keep in mind that there might be views and opinions expressed on the show that may not reflect the views and opinions of the hosts now i've got a wonderful guest here this morning a woman by the name of miss suzanne schmidt and let me tell you a little bit about suzanne now she's a northern California native, and uh, my gosh, she's been building a solid reputation since arriving in Hollywood. Her on-camera credits include TV appearances on Sons of Anarchy, Days of Our Lives, and Hillbrook Gardens, and she's done a lot of indie films, Lilith's Brood, Apartment 123, The Dark Mirror, 
Mr. Maples, Mechanic and Dark Sky Pictures Monster School. Schmidt holds an MFA in acting from Northern Illinois University and a BA in Dramatic Arts from the University of Southern California. She's completed additional performance studies at the Moscow Art Theater in Russia, Stella Adler here in Los Angeles, and she's a graduate of the improv program at Upright Citizens Brigade, and it's one of my favorite places there. My goodness, I'm excited because we're going to discuss her latest web series, Hey You, It's Me, today, and let me not wait any longer to bring her on this program. Suzanne, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful, Max. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, it is a pleasure to have you here this morning, and a shout out to Miss Tammy Lynn for facilitating this discussion. I think it's been fantastic. We've been kind of going back and forth trying to get you on the program here so i appreciate you taking the time out to come on this program and it's it's just a pleasure to have you here finally oh thank you yeah, and it is a beautiful day here in la i was looking out at the clouds as well it's nice to have clouds after so much heat these last like this summer <laughs> i know hasn't it been insane I welcome clouds <laughs> <laughs> me too it's been a quite crazy like the uh the heat has been just unbearable I remember 100, yeah. 109 degrees and a couple of those, you know, three digit uh, days in a row, several in a row. I mean, for like, seems like for like a couple of weeks, but. Uh, Absolutely. And if you're not from LA, you, you may not know that a lot of places don't have air conditioning or like they have those um, window air conditioning units, which just don't hold up well when it's 109 degrees. Right, right, right. <laughs> My goodness. Well, um, shout out to everybody that is listening to this live there if you have a question for suzanne make sure you you know leave that in the chat and we'll make sure we get that question over to her but let's dive right in here and kind of discuss your backstory you know where were you born and raised and how did you get started in this whole entertainment industry well i was born uh, in northern california in a very small town i think some people don't know that california extends beyond san francisco and Really, San Francisco is the middle of California. So I grew up almost at the Oregon border, far about five hours north of San Francisco, up in the mountains, a small town of 3,000. So for me, I started acting when I was seven, I believe, in a talent competition. My mom encouraged me to not dance, which was what I wanted to do because I was taking dance at the time, just because she thought I, would, I might want to do something different. And she taught me a monologue that my grandmother used to do called The Little Red Schoolhouse, oh, yeah. um, where I played played multiple characters. And I had so much fun with that and ended up you know, going to um, like higher competition levels. And I think that's the first time I realized how fun it was to, to entertain people, to get to just jump into these different characters. So that's really when it started for me. And wow. then... As I grew up, I really began to love films, and I especially loved older films. Oh, yeah. AMC and Turner Classic Movies were my favorites. And I, uh, I, I don't know, I started a friendship with the man who owned the video store there. And again, it was a small town and rather remote. Yeah. So I think I might have been the only one that was renting the older movies and the musicals <laughs> and <laughs> things of that nature. He just started giving them to me for free. Or maybe it was because <laughs> I was just a kid and he wanted to encourage me, but... Then the idea of storytelling in all forms just became something I wanted to be involved in. And the broad reach you can have or the creativity you get to be involved in and all of that. So it started at a young age and, uh, you know, it's fostered in this small little town. And, and then when I could, I, I came here. I went to USC for undergrad and you know, the story continues. 
Wow. Did you have any friends that sort of joined you in that uh, common interest of wanting to be in entertainment, especially acting, storytelling? Right. Yeah, exactly. Not not long term. Yes, there were some wonderful friends of mine who I I met through the drama at the high school. And I will say that our drama teacher, Liz Polly, was a huge influence. So Wow, you still remember her name. But she was yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. I would I owe so much to her and she taught me. She was the one that taught me about the respect you needed to have for the work. Yeah. Um because I think that going in it's you know it's fun and all of these things and I remember specifically a role I played in a comedy where all was going well during rehearsal, opening night comes and afterwards she took me aside and said never make fun of your character because <laughs> um, I think that I was suddenly getting last and like went overboard. And yeah. she also was uh, just a stickler for rehearsing, being well-prepared, being, you know, just knowing that like we actually owe something to the work if we're going to step in and do it. So yeah, I, I owe a lot to her. Yeah. And then as far as friends go, no, but I did force my brothers and their friends. They were three years older than me to learn how to tap dance oh, um, nice. and, audi- and audition for 42nd Street because we were short men and I uh, yeah. <laughs> we would not have been able to do it if I hadn't if I didn't pull some in. So in my backyard, mm-hmm. I taught my brothers and their friends how to tap dance. So wow. that was fun. <laughs> Craziness. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, are you the oldest? <laughs> no, they're they're three years older than me. I, I was the little sister oh, with okay. uh, my brothers and three of their guy friends. In ju- they were juniors in high school. Oh my god! Out, out on our back patio, tap dancing in their um high in their high top. Oh, brutal! Shoes. How embarrassing! <laughs> brutal! Brutal! Yeah. Those, oh, that's yeah. brutal. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a blast, and those friends stayed. Those friends actually auditioned the next year. My wow. brothers didn't. They built sets. Yeah. The friends audition the next year for the next musical. So I like to think I influenced them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, High Tide Pictures, your newly created production company. How did you yes. create the company and what type of content are you looking to produce? Uh, well, interestingly enough, I created the company after starting to work on Hey With Me because yeah. I wanted to have a production company that you know, could, could umbrella those productions. And also I didn't know how much I was going to love producing. Hey, you, it's me came about because I was newly back in Los Angeles after, after grad school for acting, I saw the work that was out there and available and it seemed limiting to my gender and age uh, group. So I wanted to create something and that's, that's what began that journey. And then deciding I wanted to work with my friend Christy and coming up with the idea and, and all of that followed and we can talk more about that later but yeah. once once we were involved in that and once that came out i i realized i love it it's actually something i'm good at and people seem to enjoy the fact that there was there were new stories being told so yeah the idea of being able to facilitate that and do something I love and maybe also help other people um, create things is something I'm really excited about. You know, it's still in its infancy and we're still working out how to do that and how to fund and all of those things you have to deal with. But I love the idea of, of I don't know, showing a voice uh, that hasn't in the past been um, been out there quite as much as I think it should be. <laughs> right, right. I completely agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. It's a good transition into the genesis of this wonderful web series and let's talk about hey you it's me 
It's a comedic web series. By the way, is that your stomach growling? It did that my stomach growl? Oh my is that God, your so stomach? Sorry. Oh my it's God, morning. we got to get it you. It did growl. <laughs> <laughs> we got to so give. Sorry. We got to get you some uh, some some like a little snack there, uh, Suzanne. A little. Uh, I got a little up fruit and grain just bar, like a little banana shot. or something. <laughs> I shot, shot coffee like my life depended on it and jumped on here. And suddenly, <laughs> and my my body's like, wait, we're awake. Why are we not eating? Oh my! <laughs> What's going on? That's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's, not at all embarrassed. Not at all embarrassed by that. Nope. I love <laughs> totally that. Totally fine. That is tremendous. <laughs> now, um, yeah, let's let's discuss this wonderful web series. Obviously, uh, would you mind telling people, kind of give us a little soft pitch of what this series is about? Yeah, it's about a powerful female friendship, but it's a comic look at the day-to-day lives of these two women who live in cities 2,000 miles apart. And though they try to support each other with this friendship, they can never get a hold of each other. So it's a little bit of a commentary on uh, the kind of solo lives that we lead in these cities while pursuing these careers. So you get to hear what's going on with the, with the two and you get to hear their friendship via the voicemails. And then we take a kind of a comic stab at the day-to-day aspects of pursuing a career in a rather age-obsessed, you know, male-driven industry. So yeah. it's fun. And yet I also have some friends who find it really hard to watch because it's painful. It's that, it's, that <laughs> yeah, pain, it's that painful laugh. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I always so. like that. I like that kind of comedy. I like because it's, it's real. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. life and uh, mm-hmm. it's life like can be relatable, painful. painful. And yet you need to laugh at it uh, yeah. so that you don't cry. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a really cool approach. So many things I want to talk about regarding this sure. now you started this as a seed and spark uh, campaign what was the crowdfunding campaign like for you because i'm quite fond of seed and spark and i actually had the owner emily best on the show not very long ago oh she's fantastic yeah, isn't she wonderful yeah. my god it's mm-hmm. a great job but what was the campaign like for you well interestingly enough we did not do a crowdfunding on seed and spark we you just did we the, uh, are streaming. Yeah, we are linked with Seed and Spark. They they brought us on. They contracted us for um, distribution, oh, and that is our connection with Seed and Spark. Yeah, so we haven't done a crowdfunding on Seed and Spark. When we made the pilot, mm-hmm. uh, the co-star and I, Christy and I, went on t- together and an executive produced that in combination with Len McLeod from Dark Sky Pictures, who gave us the equipment in kind. So that was his. Wow his yeah which is huge red camera all the equipment amazing he believed in the project and we couldn't be more grateful but we ended up getting the pilot out there on our own then we were uh accepted by ovation tv to be one of their they had something called the creative studio which was their the first time they'd done that i don't know if they've done it since where they picked 50 projects not necessarily narrative but just 50 projects in general that they backed in their creative studio and because of that that was the first time we had even thought about doing crowdfunding, they help you do a crowdfunding campaign. Wow. And we did that for a little, we, what we did with that was earn the festival money. Crazy. So it was just a small crowdfunding campaign yeah, and we still. took that and we, yeah, no, it was fantastic. And we were very glad to have their support and we were very honored to be part of their uh, creative studios, their launch. So Movation TV took us on for that. And then we uh, took that money and we went to festivals and we did very well at festivals we we'll talk about festivals soon sure 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 we don't not yeah but just just uh yeah button so that the only reason that's important for this is that that helped us then put together an investment package and then we were able to get a couple of private investors to invest in the rest of the series 
And that allowed us to, with still a very limited budget, but make the rest of season one. Um, And then when that was done, that's when we started uh, talking to Seed and Spark because I was very excited about this kind of advocacy for diverse for diverse voices in a platform and everything that Emily Best Best is doing. I just want to be aligned with those sorts of creatives and those sorts of movers and shakers and uh, storytellers. And so we, we went back and forth and talked to a few different distribution outlets and I I just at the end of the day, wanted to be aligned with Seed and Spark. I'm very, very proud to be uh, in yeah. partnership with them. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seed and Spark yeah. awesome, to say the least. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're the you're another creator and the writer of the mm-hmm. series. You also play Sam. Uh, <laughs> you know, first, congratulations for getting this off the ground. I know creating a Thank web you. series, it's just not easy. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's certainly not easy. Can we talk about the inspiration behind this story? Sure. Because. It's, it is unique. <laughs> I, I love the approach too, as well. I want to get into that uh, too. But yeah, do you mind discussing, you know, the, the true inspiration behind it? Absolutely. I think there's a few different things that made me come to this exact idea. But my best friend is named uh, Christy Maturo. I met her in grad school not even that long ago, about seven years ago when we started. And we were together 24 7 because if you know anything about acting grad school, you're there constantly. It's all consuming. Christy and I shared an office. We were in productions together. Mm-hmm. And so anything that was going on on any given day for three years, we got to work together on or collaborate on or <laughs> nice. um, yeah. have each other's back for whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then I came, she stayed in Chicago to do Second City and I came out to Los Angeles after grad school. And then suddenly your person that you bounce every idea off is far away. So we would we would call each other, but the but our schedules were nuts and the time difference and all of that. So we just started leaving these very very long voice messages until the voicemail cuts you off at four minutes. Most people don't, probably don't know voicemail. Yeah, off especially four minutes, Verizon. That is true. Verizon does you dirty <laughs> like that. I yeah, I've left quite yeah. a few. Had a, quite a few long ones that have been cut. There you go. Sometimes <laughs> we would do, but you know, you just you it hangs up on you and you call back and leave the rest of the indeed, story. Indeed. But. Uh, and then you but, get the mailboxes full after you leave a few uh, oh, messages absolutely. there. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, my. But just like tangent filled, funny, just, you know, driving around town talking, those sorts of things. So I would love listening to her messages. Mm-hmm. I would laugh at myself leaving these messages for her. So, so that was kind of an interesting idea of like, oh, you learned. I thought about how much you would learn about each of us if you could just hear us talking to the other person. Absolutely. Yeah. With them this one sided. And then I really <laughs> have like in many ways, not just this, have thought about the idea of creating something that kind of gets to the heart of the isolated life that you live in this huge city. <laughs> yeah, it is very isolating. Yeah. It is. And you, you know, obviously like I work very hard and my, many people do to make sure that you stay connected, but you could do so many things and not talk to a single person. You drive yeah. you, cause we drive in these, in these cars by ourselves, yep. listening to our headphones, like all of these different things. So I wanted somehow to kind of get that to, into a story and then yeah, leaving town for years, coming back and working on rebuilding of my career and you know, hearing Christy stories about that as well. It's also just so many funny, <laughs> funny anecdotes, <laughs> crazy things that happen. The life, you know, you know, of an actor or a female in the dating world or in right. uh, these audition scenarios or, or when you do book the job, like what it's, what, what it's like. It right. just, it made us laugh. So I, I figured, yeah, let's, 
hey, that's a fun story to tell. And these, and I was doing UCB at the time where yeah. the concept is, you know, if that's true, what else could be true? Like, how do you blow out a story and make it funny? Well, this crazy thing happened. Well, then if that happened, what else could happen? Right. And that's kind of where the writing of the of the series comes from. It's like, well, <laughs> like it's not too far fetched. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for absolutely. these other things to happen. Yeah. Now, speaking yeah. of the writing, how long did it take you to write and produce the pilot? I didn't solely write the pilot at first. I just started writing a bunch of episodes mm-hmm. and sent them to Christy as a, what do you think of this idea? Oh, great. So you had that collaboration <laughs> back and forth. I know she, because, I, you know, she wrote two episodes. Mm-hmm. And, two uh, episodes. Yeah, she co-wrote the pilot. And then, yeah, it helped, I think, which episode? Episode three, I believe, was a big part, Christy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so so... I wanted to work with her and I didn't know if that was possible like logistically, but I put those together, sent them to her. And I did another friend here, Scott Freeberg, who is really great about letting me bounce some ideas off of him. And he said, well, you don't, if you can't work with her, like if, if you can't get her out here, you could do it just from one person's perspective. You could do it from just Sam's perspective and that would be fun. Hmm. But for me, that's missing a huge, like, I think the friendship back and forth is such a big part of the story, or at least thematically a part of the story I want to tell. Absolutely. So I really wanted her involved. So I sent her some episodes. She was excited about them. Then, you know, sent me one back and the pilot ended up being two episodes combined. Of course, we, we gutted, we gutted those a little and pulled some th- uh, things out. But, yeah. but the I, original idea of the story was to do one episode from LA perspective, one from Chicago and so on and so forth. Hmm. which is how the series ends up continuing a little, if you notice where yeah. each episode is focused a little more on one city. Yep. But the pilot, we wanted it to be more equitable, so we, we just took two episodes and mashed them together. <laughs> wow, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then you ended yeah. up, you know, six episodes later, I guess you know, everything kind of worked itself out there. And Absolutely. I've got some questions <laughs> about that. I'm curious about sure. that. But first, I'd like to discuss how you connected with the directors, you know, Frankie... And Kareth, how did you all connect? How did you figure out who you wanted to direct this? That's a great story. I love, I love how it ended up happening with Frankie because I met her through a friend and I knew I enjoyed her as a person, but I had been gone, you know, hadn't lived here for a while and didn't even know when I first met her that she was an actress or a filmmaker at all. So we we ended up running into each other at an audition one day huh, before yeah. when Hey What's Me was just in, you know in its conception stage, and we maybe a month or so later went to an improv show together and we just really enjoyed each other and I knew that I like liked this person wow. too yeah <laughs> I had had <laughs> uh, I was ready getting ready to try to figure out how to make this thing happen with shooting the pilot but didn't have a director and many people had asked if I was going to direct and I just think that's perhaps one too many hats um, to be wearing. Right. And so I talked to some different people about directing and just in the discussion, the co- discussing the concept and such, hadn't found anyone that I had that like, oh yeah, this is the person. Yeah. I hadn't had that feeling. So I was away filming as, as an actress. I was shooting a um, web series up in Northern California. I was watching on set and watching how people collaborated and some things worked and some things didn't. And I don't know, something about that. I just had this spark of like, oh, Frankie, like Frankie would be a great director. I was watching the director on that series and I just, I was like, I don't know if she's ever directed before. I have no idea. I've hung out with this person Mm -hmm. once. Mm -hmm. No idea if she's ever ever directed, but something about her tells me that she would get this series. 
So I got home that night, emailed her, asked her, hey, I'm working on this idea. Would you be interested in directing? And she just wrote back, yes. And I I remember responding, Uh, don't you want to read the script? Like, she was like, nope, I want to work with you. Nice. She's like, yes, sure, send the scripts, but I know I want to work with you, so let's do it. Oh, fantastic. And so, I mean, with that sort of, like, with that sort of mentality or just kind of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, it's a way to go. I don't know. It's It's, a way to be. Yeah. So we, so Frankie was very integral to the pilot as well. We had many meetings about what we wanted to look like, the tone, all of those sorts of things. So she, she put a huge stamp on the series uh, and I couldn't be more grateful for her. So the pilot was, was Frankie. And then once that was done, I, I met Kirith Lemon at Digital Hollywood. Hmm. Um, we were in a, we were in a, uh, a kind of a, one of the sessions together. And I think I must've asked a question that intrigued her. So she approached me afterwards and just started talking. I gave her my card. She watched the web series and I received an email from her that was like, Hey, I would love to help you with whatever your next step is. Turns out she'd been an integrated marketing for HBO and own TV and mm-hmm. she's amazing. And I'd done a lot of directing of more biographical things. Right. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she was interested in starting to, kind of foster her narrative directing career. So she helped me put together our investment package and said, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't I'll help you if you help me, but she just said, I really love the series and I'm very interested in directing. And after talking to her, I realized she'd be a great voice to add to the series. And she came on to direct the two Chicago episodes because she has lived in Chicago and is very close to that world and thought she would understand it pretty well. Yeah. And so just got this, another amazing female on board and, it's, yeah, it's some of these things that happen with Hey You, It's Me are just, just, but just I feel like I walked into them and I'm like, <laughs> can't believe how lucky I was. Right, right. That's fantastic yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. you've had your first full season, you know, six episodes. Mm-hmm. What was the casting mm-hmm. process like? Because you obviously had a very large and actually very talented cast. What was that like for you? Very talented cast. I cast people I know in this because. I've been in this town, worked with enough people that I have so many talented acting friends that I, some of the, some of the roles were actually written for them. And some I wrote them and then was just like, Oh God, yes. It just became obvious who should do it. And everyone that was in the show was extremely excited to be there. And that, that's of course the people you want to be working with, the ones that are excited about the project and want to be in it and right. want to be a part of it. So on set, it was so much fun because we just were playing. We just played and yeah. it was great. Yeah. It's yeah. cool that you wrote around <laughs> the characters too as well. Did you know who you had in mind prior to writing? Some yes and some no. I think the mm-hmm. only one I absolutely knew who I was writing for was the date, the date episode, the last episode. Yeah. I was definitely writing for Jim O'Brien nice. and he had, yeah. it turns out he had known Frankie and I both for years separately and kept saying, so why are you working together without me? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, that's a very good, good point. I'll let, I, I absolutely want you in the show. Let me write something. <laughs> you be good how about the creepy, how about the creepy date guy? <laughs> it's, you're made for this part. <laughs> No, and uh, other than that, it was more of a start writing, and then the per- and then as I'm as I'm writing the character, the actor that I think would be great for it kind of pops up. Oh, the cool. pilot was written. The pilot was a little different. It was uh, the uh, I had I had a vision in mind, and those two actually did morph. The two casting directors in the pilot were not were recasts, wow. and they I can't imagine. I'm sure they would have been great with the original 
people, but there was a couple things. One one guy was shooting in Atlanta at the time that we needed to shoot, and the other woman booked a huge role right before like the weeks that we were about to shoot. So, so I have learned that it's really good to have a plan B and C and always be ready for all of them. So Frankie uh, had known Jonathan Pesson, who's the one who played the LA casting director. Yeah. And he came on and just killed it. Yeah, he killed it. I was, uh, again, say the least. Oh yeah. And so prepared (laughs) and so professional and just with all these ideas of his own. And he's fantastic. And then Cindy Caponera, Uh, had been a student. I I teach acting and she Mm -hmm. was a student in a class that I had taught and she uh, is fantastic, was a writer, was a writer for Saturday Night Live, for Mm Kirby Enthusiasm, uh, an amazing storyteller in her own right. And I just loved something about her and kind of was a little scared when I asked her if I was intimidated by her, even though I, even though (laughs) I She's tremendous though. (laughs) She's tremendous. She's really, really good. I mean, just great. Uh, but she just jumped right in. I was like, hey, I need someone the day after tomorrow. And she was like, yep, I'm in. So I can see you know. that. I can see her saying that. It's funny. She's, her personality yeah. shines. It probably was easy writing her character, right? Because she, yeah. she's kind of. Well, and again, I didn't write it for her. So yeah. it just, she just jumped in and just took oh, that. My. Had like the most intelligent questions. And then yeah. wanted, I mean, she just, again, I. I know there are, I know actors get a bad rap and that there are some people who aren't prepared and all of that, but I cannot tell you how blessed we have been in this process to work with just actors who go above and beyond, who are more than prepared. It's the way to go. And, uh, yeah. So the work kind of does itself at that point. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Uh, we could talk more and more about the actors, but I want to switch gears here because there's everybody was just shout out to everybody that's, you know, was involved in this is tremendous, uh, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, you had a number of different locations, obviously mm-hmm. you shot in two different cities. What was that process right. like? Was it difficult? Did you write with the locations in mind too? Yeah, I have a visual of the locations when I write, Yeah, but some of them morphed a little bit as we actually became limited by our means. Absolutely. And I really do believe, Frankie and I talked about this be- before we shot the pilot, that sometimes the most creative things come from limitations. That's so that true. When you're, <laughs> you That's can so write true. with this perfect set involved or whatnot, and then you get to the place you have to shoot or you are you have a place you can shoot and you think, okay, let me look around and figure out how to make this work. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit what happened with the, with the pilot, especially we shot at Geek Nation, mm-hmm. which is in the Valley and they have a wonderful yeah, warehouse. That. That's where we shot the pilot. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. they were wonderful and let us shoot there. And we, but they had a lot of, you know, sets that were already built or half built or whatnot. And we got, we came in the day before when they wrapped another shoot there. And we nice. had that evening to prep everything because we shot a 15 hour day the next day. We did the whole pilot in one day. And it was, it was like, I mean, back to back to back. It was military style organized. And right, right. we just like, <laughs> we, but. <laughs> Uh, because that's all we had, you know, that's all we had the money for. That's all we had the time for. We just, we had to get it done. Right. So mm-hmm. um, we prepped all the sets ahead of time, but we're in this warehouse trying to figure out how to make all these locations work. And we, sh- we only shot in LA. We, everything in Chicago actually was shot here. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so a little movie magic. Little, I know. So some, some magic happened uh, with that is because uh, like we, had or I had written that Chicago casting director scene in a closet, in a storage closet, which is also funny and like, yeah. you know, chairs are falling down and things like that. <laughs> but we didn't have a storage closet to shoot in and we were planning on building one with the with the walls oh, nice. with the movable walls they had. Yeah. And then we walked through the kitchen 
of their their working kitchen that they have in the warehouse mm-hmm. and Frankie goes, "Guys, what if we just shot in here?" Yeah. Um it was fantastic. The refrigerator, that cow picture was all yeah. up. Like <laughs> we, I mean, nice. it was perfect. Ah, so very cool. things like that were awesome. Yeah. And then yeah, and then like I so said we we all of those other we just we built in that warehouse for the pilot. And then when we came when it came to the rest of the series, uh, I think the most difficult location was the convenience store. Oh yeah, but we were we were lucky enough to. I mean, took that took a while, right. and and I was very excited to get the store we had because it was magical. There were things like Backstreet Boy yeah. posters for sale, and like yeah. little girls' quinceanera dresses. Like it was the most random store, and I loved it. Nice, <laughs> it was nice. I was wondering about that. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, very that was great. And then mm-hmm. a dear friend of mine, uh, Wenye, is uh, is the owner of or co-owner of a restaurant called Brew House in West uh, Westwood, mm-hmm. and yep. he uh, let us shoot there in the middle of the night like after oh, they closed, awesome. and we and then we came in the morning, and that and we shot, I think, three different lo- four different locations in that one restaurant. Wow. There was the outdoor cafe. There's yep. the bar. There was a little yep. like. Uh, like coffee shop and then the rest and then the restroom so right yeah so the locations were we fought again part of the fun creative process <laughs> brought in lauren glassberg as our as our art director and mm-hmm. she drove around with me checking places out and uh yeah it's great made it happen made it happen fantastic, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah it's interesting hearing the the backstory on your locations and how that kind of manifested there mm-hmm. hmm. now what's the demographic for this web series what types of viewers would, would kind of resonate with this, would appeal to it a bit more. Sure. I think the original objective was to give a voice to like the 30 to 40 year old females pursuing careers, dealing with like relationship or not, or not having a relationship, like trying to kind of manage all of that yeah. without children. There are some networks now that are really starting to speak to the mothers. We thought maybe this, this kind of 30 to 40 year old career woman, single, still kind of working, trying to work it out and Mm -hmm. still, you know, hitting the pavement every day. We wanted to give that demographic a voice and we thought that that's our audience. Gotcha. And it is our main audience. But what I've been pleasantly surprised by is that when I look at the numbers, because Seed Spark especially has a wonderful way to see who's watching your show. Oh, yes. It's 45% men. Wow. Yeah. I can see that. I love that we are telling a story about females that is appealing to men because for so long, if it was about women, it's for women. If it's about men, it's for everyone. And that seems so crazy to me. So I, I really think that our power is in telling stories that are stories that. (laughs) And I, by the way, and I I think that a lot of that has to do with stories that were written before and assumptions, people that, you know, obviously in positions, producers, and executives that were in positions to influence that type of stereotype. I mean, people of color have had to deal with that forever. Oh, and know, still are. Like I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have a, we still have a long way to go. Um, yeah. and it's, it is. It's the narrative that's told by the executives, by the advertising agencies. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be. We have a long way to go. But I think when we learn that every everyone's stories are interesting, that the you know Absolutely. the humanity, um, not just men. not just 20 to 30 year old men have interesting stories to tell and we're talking uh, about white men we're not talking about men of uh, color or any other ethnicity we have to be very clear about that we do i apologize (laughs) that's really the truth (laughs) of the matter i mean people sort of beat around the bush with that but that's really Mm -hmm. the case when it comes to film and television 
uh, in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's not that, and you know, I, I look at what's being made or some of the things are being made and it's not that those are interesting stories. It's not that of course, you know, you take a, a world war two movie and you're, you're dealing with, the soldiers who were men and mo- Germans who are mostly white. It's not that that's not an interesting story, but you, as an actor, I'm looking at that and I was like, there's 500 men employed on this. And there are maybe one female who you right. know, serves them coffee yeah. and yeah, not a single like color other than right. <laughs> and yeah, you think like, great, those stories should be told too. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Let's just start diversifying a little bit. Let's start knowing that those aren't the only good stories. That there was a lot of other things happening in the world, even if you were to take that time period. That that would be an interesting topic to explore. So, oh, so true. Very very cool uh, approach. Yeah. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> what's been the most rewarding part of this process for you? Enjoyable too. Now, what's been rewarding and enjoyable? Rewarding and enjoyable. Well, I imagine if it's rewarding, it's also enjoyable. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, there are quite a few things, but one thing I very much enjoy is the collaboration. I think theater, which is most mostly my background is theater, and yes, it's absolutely collaborative in the you know in the rehearsal process and all of that. Mm-hmm. But then you get up on stage and you're you know you're doing it on your own, and then you go home at night, and, and it, it's not not collaborative. But gosh, there's something about making a film where it's getting a you know all the moving parts that have to come together before and then on set. And then afterwards, I was blown away by post-production. I had yeah. no idea what went into post-production. Right, right. The, you know, the collaboration with the editor and the sound mixers and, you know, the different directors and sitting down and, uh, you know, taking, you know, different passes at it and then and notes and sitting there and discussing themes and what, it just... It's just really tiring, but so fun yeah. and to mold this story with these other voices. I really, really have loved the collaboration. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. You know what? But- isn't, it's better than sex, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take well, that back. It depends. Yeah, we'll get that far with it. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I'm gonna, oh, my. You know, comment on that one. <laughs> you could comment. Come on. No, yeah. I'll stop. Well, I'll stop. I guess it. I guess it depends. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, hilarious. I'm terrible. Don't don't mind me. I'm a mess. Uh, hilarious. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's such an amazing process that interaction and that fellowship with so many positive, like-minded people to create something. I think that is really what this is all about. And. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's at the end of the day, those relationships that you form, I don't know. I don't, I don't have very many collaborations. Anyway, you work the typical nine to five, it's just a little different. Everybody's on the clock and it's just different. Absolutely. And you may have common goals there and, but it's, it's different when you create something. It's different when you put yourself out there in these vulnerable positions to create content, get that reaction that, you know, connect uh-huh. with people on a different level. It's, it's so much more fulfilling don't you think i do and and there's definitely something vulnerable about telling a story and then putting it out there and then there is that that waiting to see if someone's going to be interested in your story so all of that creates this i don't know this thing's in adrenaline excitement yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> and, you know, i don't know what it's like to live another life but i mm-hmm. do know that being an artist and living this creative lifestyle it's diff. I, I do believe that it's different than going to work and then coming home. Like we, oh, yeah. we live it. It's, it's in that 
creativity is in every aspect of our lives. So there isn't necessarily a separation. For instance, people talk about retirement. You know, you hear you hear much of the workforce talk about yeah. retirement. And when I think about that, I think like, why would I do that? Like, what do you mean? Like, stop yeah. doing this? Yeah. Why would? What would I do? What? Yeah, <laughs> what is, exactly. I don't understand. Right? <laughs> why, who would I? Who? What? <laughs> Yeah, it's just a very different, like, well, right. this is what I do, and I'm not going to stop doing that until yep. till I stop breathing. So, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just a different different world. Oh, yes, absolutely. By the way, folks, <laughs> if you have a question for Suzanne, make sure you plug that in in the chat. Appreciate all of those that are listening to this live right now. But if you have a question, feel free to ask that, and we will make sure we get that question over to her now. We talked about the rewarding. We talked about the enjoyable. Now, what has been the most difficult and frustrating and, you know, maybe even challenging parts of this process? Because this is not easy. Right. Honestly, I love every part of it except the money. I know. Isn't it a pain? <laughs> I hate it, too. Yeah, I, you know, brutal. it's the one I'm relatively, you know, I, I, I'm relatively good at math. It's like I have a fear of numbers or money. It's just, yeah. uh, oh, God, if you could... if. It's the limitations. It's having to, it's that it's having to go after money, having to find a way to fund things. Mm -hmm. If we could just make the things that I want to make and, oh, and yeah. work on that and people didn't have to worry about paying their rents and yep. that would be really fun. Yep. And you know, ridiculously also, high rents, by the way. <laughs> My God. Yes. Oh man. Sanity out here. But yeah. yeah. So, the, so that's the producing, like I love the producing part where you are, you know, developing the idea and figuring out how to actually do that mm -hmm. the, or the funding the raising money is my least favorite um in fact i would even say i just hate it yeah but I, sign you on that. I, I hear <laughs> it's you it's a necessary evil yeah but yeah that that would be that would be the really the only part of this process i don't like roger the that. rest of it's just fantastic right right huh I completely <laughs> co-sign everything you just said. Exactly. It's uh, really Someone difficult. send me a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Those of you listening on a Saturday morning. I know, right? Seriously. We could use some donations out here. Exactly. Jeez, it's brutal. We'll tell, we'll tell your story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a, a check and a page from your journal, and we will make it happen. <laughs> uh, salute to that. Oh, jeez. Now, you've had a lot of festival yeah. success. I remember you mentioned that at the beginning of this program. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I believe you've earned nominations at 14 different festivals, including Best Web Series at the LA Film Awards, mm -hmm. the Best Short, Best Director at the Monthly Film Festival, the Best Webisode at Yes, Let's Make a Movie. In addition, I believe you received Best Actress nominations at the International mm -hmm. Online Web Fest and Newark International Film Festival. Gosh, yeah. it probably go on and on and on, but the festival experience has been <laughs> yeah, great. It's What's been, that been yeah, like? it's, it's been fun. And yeah. the uh, the Newark, I actually went, I mean, some of these have just not been an option for me to get to because of my schedule, but the Newark uh, festival I actually went to, and it was so much, it's so much fun to be at a festival and the award show and all that. Yeah. And then the most recent one, the LA Film Awards, yep. we received Best Web Series, was exciting for me because if I just started submitting the actual full series to festivals, at first it was the pilot that we were running with. And it's nice to know, again, I know it's it's about telling your story and feeling proud about it, but there also is that idea where 
uh, I wanted to make sure that the rest of the series was holding up to the pilot that we, I, I had, you know, done the pilot proud and, and kept telling the story in a way that was uh, reaching audiences. So when we got the um, best web series award, that was exciting for me because it was a little bit of validation of like, yeah, you know, the whole, all the whole series is, is nice. Not just the pilot. We still, yeah. as a filmmaker, you still have, you, you want your audience to like it. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But we've got a question here from Melissa who sent this question to me privately. She asked, is there a season two in the works? And if so, how far along are you in the development? Oh, hi, Melissa. Yes, there is a season two in the works. The writing of that is has been in the works for quite some time. And I think it's about narrowing down and fine-tuning the episodes that we choose to put in there and then making the final decisions about the journey we want our two characters to take. So that's all. That part of the development is in a good place. We have a few things in the works right now to decide how and with whom we're going to make that second series. And I can't really talk about that right now, but but the, the long uh, answer, short answer, is yes, we are working on a second season and I can't wait and I don't have a timeline for that right now. Okay. Fantastic. But we will definitely be shouting that out when we do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good. Let's talk about future goals. What would you like to see happen sure. with this? I mean, obviously season two, but uh, shout out to Melissa for that question. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, well, season two, what would you like to see manifest from this um, point forward? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of, we want to kind of di- diversify the, the subjects covered. We've we've set up, I mean, even the pilot, we set up that, you know, actors auditioning, and it's not that we're going to step away from that world, but I think diversify the experiences that these women go through, the people they encounter, that sort of thing. Just, just kind of broaden, broaden the scope and give them a few more obstacles to overcome in the second season. And then as far as uh, where I want to go with it, I really I really love Seed and Spark, so I, I know that they're ready to put our second season up when and, and if we get that made. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to work with them to broaden the audience. I think that's um, been everyone's goal when they make something is to, to reach even more people. So they are growing as a company. They're now on Roku and Apple TV. And so I only imagine that without much effort with the second season, we'll just you know work to put it out there uh, to, to a broader audience. Yeah. I would say those are my main goals with that. And then as far as just with all of all of it goes, where this leads to, mm-hmm. I hope that the success of Hey You, It's Me will help m- me as a filmmaker and High Tide Pictures in the future more easily uh, access money and such in order to create other stories. This isn't the only story I want to tell. It's a, it was a you know, fun for you and, and it's my personal voice. Yeah. But I want to be able to foster other filmmakers who want to tell their stories and also just find really interesting, mostly female driven, because that's my particular voice, stories to tell and get out there. So that's the main goal. And that seemed that was sorry. That was a little scattered. But. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. It was, it was great. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm feeling you here. I'm, I'm OK, good. Yeah. Putting down there, miss. I definitely hear yeah. you on that. Fantastic stories. That's hell, the main goal. <laughs> hell yes. Hell yes. Very cool. <laughs> By the way, how can folks yeah. watch? Hey, you, it's me. Obviously we've talked about seed and spark, but uh, yeah, how can folks watch it? I'll let you. Sure. Um, seed and spark is the, uh, is the place where you can go to watch the full series. If you're interested in checking out the pilot to make sure that you 
like the show and want to continue, which I hope you will, you can go to our website. It's www.heyu-itsme.com. Mm-hmm. And we have the trailer and the pilot there. Right. And the pilot is on YouTube. So those are all free to watch. Seed and Spark is subscription-based, but they have so much good content oh, that it yeah. is absolutely worth the money. So check it out. Watch our show first, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, there's other, but there's a great show, Benefits of Guzbandry, that's yeah. coming out with a new season. And that's an amazing show. So catch up on that before it comes out. And uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of another title, but they, they have a lot of curated and wonderful yeah. content. Yeah, you could probably throw some things out there. Yeah, it's- so that's that's a good way to uh, to go. In. And, and Seed and Spark has a month free viewing right now also. So Maybe. if you go to their website and sign up a month free, so just, you know, binge watch. Yep. Right. <laughs> By the way, folks, you can watch stuff, content that's on Seed and Spark on the Apple TV, Roku. So folks, check out this and God, just check out everything Seed and Spark's doing. It's just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And techno- in some strange way, I'm technologically challenged, like in this, in, in really? really bizarre things. Not everything, just yeah. little bizarre things. Like, for instance, I went on my Apple TV and I was like, see, I don't see Seed and Spark. Oh, you have to down. You have to download the app. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. I got it. Like, just, I'm just throwing that oh, yeah. out there in case anybody else didn't know that yeah, to seriously. download the app. Yeah, good. glad you said that. Actually, yeah, yeah. Got to figure it's out a way to get it. Not just there, like HBO Now and right. Go are. Right, right. <laughs> but it's getting there. Someday it will be. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I definitely think so too. Now I do too. I mean, Emily Spark. There's no stopping. I mean, Emily Best. There's no stopping her. She is just. Yeah. She's, She's got fire underneath her, which oh, is yeah. amazing. She's Good fantastic. for all of us. Yeah, I got to bring her mm-hmm. back on this program. She's just amazing. But, yeah. you know, I got to do something here to you that I hate to sure. do this. I am. Um, oh, no. I know. It's, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's flat out rude. I, that's all I can say oh, about boy. it. It's just an absolute <laughs> nightmare. And I've done this to all of my guests here, Suzanne. I, it's something that I, I really don't discriminate against. And I've, oh, okay. So I won't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Well, I don't know. You may want to take it personally, though. <laughs> That's one thing I can't guide you on. But I, I do think it's something that I, I kind of spread the love with this. And okay. I, I do this to all my guests. I can't say it's going to be good or bad. Uh, it may be terrible. It's sort of up in the air. But I, I want to know if you want to go through with it. I do like to give guests an opportunity to go through with it or not. This, this disclaimer is really frightening. What am, <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's get to it, Max. Oh, my. <laughs> you just, wow, wow. I like that, though. You kind of dive right in, huh? You just, yeah, you just kind of, yeah, you're just bold, huh? You just kind of, you don't even know what it yeah. is, and you just dive right let's get, in. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you a chance to think about it one more time. Just one more time. Okay. Just a little bit. And give you a little bit of a second to think about well i will i can't think about it until i know what it is yeah but yeah that's the anticipation it's kind of one of those things where i won't i won't do this any longer (laughs) now this is the part of the show where i ask my guests to share a fun fact about themselves all that for this right suzanne cheese wow now this fun fact though has to be something that people know about you so somebody listening to this right now has to find out something new about you we love those embarrassing fun facts so if you've got something that's a little embarrassing i certainly invite you to share that but i'm gonna put the spotlight on you now suzanne a fun fact okay i hope i don't know if this is embarrassing but it's fun i grew up 
and I raised pigs. I was in oh. 4-H and I raised pigs. And so every morning I would put on my overalls and mud boots and go out and oh my. <laughs> back through like about an acre of a house and also had a horse. Oh. And we had this pig pen. My first pig was named Gertie. <laughs> <laughs> Gertrude, which I named her, so that was Gertrude and Gloria were my two, were my two first pigs. <laughs> and yeah, so I was a little, I was a little pig farmer by myself. The next year, I got my brothers to to join and get their own pigs. But yeah, I I, I was a pig farmer. My goodness, that's a little. <laughs> so as a child, interesting. How was that? I mean, yeah. well, how do you feel about a little, a uh, little bacon, a little ham? I do bit. not eat pork. <laughs> I do not eat pork because pigs are right. awesome. Yeah, they I know, are I so smart. They're smarter than dogs. They're, yeah. they're fascinating animals. And I want a pig now in my oh, life. Um, but geez. my apartment manager oh my goodness. Uh, does not condone such behavior. Oh, my. I can imagine <laughs> that. That would be hilarious. If I saw someone walking down the hallway of my, my complex with a, with a pig, I would lose it. I would Certainly. Yeah. I mean, do you form relationships? Like, are, do they have personalities? I, you know, people don't know yeah. the world of the pig. They, I'm telling yeah. you, they, they are smarter than dogs. So they are very huh. much like, yeah, they have personalities. They know you when you're coming. They, yeah. um, they give these little piggy kisses, like, oh they're my. like <laughs> on your lip. Oh, so cute. They're just the uh, best. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> no embarrassing pig stories. Well, <laughs> I, I have, we were trying, it's not even mine, but we were trying to corral the pigs one time and they're also again, smart, fast, so <laughs> not easy to, to herd. Oh my and my dad, <laughs> yeah. well, and my dad was trying to like corral them in and one just started running, but, but went through my dad's legs. So picked him up. So he had, he was riding the pig <laughs> backwards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my through God. Through the yard. Um, <laughs> That's not that's not my story, but it's more fun to tell other people's yeah, that's, stories. That's, that's a good story. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Actually, you're I welcome, Dad. <laughs> uh, my goodness. Well, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that story with our <laughs> listeners. Interesting fun fact there. Huh? Yeah, nice some yeah. Pets, huh? Kind of a farm life there, huh? Yeah. Did you have chickens? You know, have like fresh hens and have we like didn't have hens? chickens. My dad is a uh, has raised pigeons. He oh. he raises racing uh, or slash homing pigeons his whole life since he was 12 so i grew up with pigeons in my life and they're still there so every morning when i woke up i could hear the like little sounds of pigeons from pigeon loft (laughs) so no no chickens but lots of pigeons and they they're up in the sky flying every night as they get their exercise yeah dogs and cats and parakeets and Go we had a goldfish pond and oh, so cool. and, and horse. I had a horse. My yeah. name was Candy. Wow. So I'm a farm girl. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting fun fact there, yeah. Suzanne. Now we are approaching the end of the program here. And I'd like to ask my guests to give a little advice because there may be someone listening to this right now that's trying to figure this whole thing out. Maybe they want to do what you're doing now. Maybe they're at the beginning stages of creating their own web series. Any advice you'd give that individual that might be listening to this right now? Sure. I got some really good advice when I had first written the scripts and showed them to a friend and, or actually it was a friend of a friend who'd, who'd made some of her own content. And she at first said there was one episode where she did feel like the characters were vulnerable enough, but I think because it was a comedy, I'd thought about wanting to be funny. And, and then I, 
after talking to her, remembered what Neil Simon had said in an interview once where he used to look for funny stories. And then he started looking for the comedy in, in the tragedy. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something in that. And then also just like taking that and then allowing yourself to be vulnerable, whether you're the writer or you're the actor or whatever it is, yeah. knowing that there is strength in, in, in allowing that vulnerability. There's comedy in that. There's relatability in that. Right. Uh, that would be my advice, knowing that in telling your own story, don't, don't be afraid to not be strong at every moment because that's the humanity that people relate to. Mm, love that. Mm-hmm. That'd be my advice. <laughs> that is excellent advice right Thank you. there. And gosh, a couple other things I want to say here before we wrap. One thing, uh, you do audio books? Uh, yeah, you got to talk about that. It's I do. I, it's been a minute since I've done one because I got so wrapped up in this and they are yeah. the way that I was doing the audio books. They're so uh, time consuming because I was doing all of the sound editing myself. Oh, nice. It, as Don LaFontaine voiceover studio at the Screen Actors Guild at the SAG Foundation will teach you how to sound edit. Mm-hmm. And then they allow you to use their, their booths to train. And it's the most amazing um, resource that, they, that is provided by the SAG Foundation, which is an amazing foundation. Wow. So, they, so when I came back, I learned how to do that. And then mm-hmm. when I started auditioning for audiobooks, I, jo- I auditioned as the full producer of the audiobook. So when I got hired to to take on a book, it would be not only to narrate, but then to also do all the sound editing and sound mixing and, and give them a fully produced <laughs> product. So it is time consuming. So yeah, but I did get into doing that and set up a, um, a, a audio booth in my walk-in closet. Nice. Very <laughs> and- nice. You know, all the, the, the editing software on my computer. And yeah. uh, it's, it was a fun adventure. Again, I think at this point, I will go forward and do just the narration because I mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to do all the sound editing again. I think <laughs> you, learn what, you learn what you're good at or what like right. what your, your specific talents mm-hmm. <laughs> are best, best served doing. Yeah. But I learned a lot and I love that I know how to do that because anything you learn how to do, like when I went to learn how to edit and learn to have, and all of these things, even if you end up deciding not to do that, and that's what I would encourage anyone, another piece of advice or anyone who wants to produce, is see if you can learn at least a little bit about all the different steps and what everyone does, because then you can have a communication with those people who are experts at it. And I'm not saying, yep. but that's very different from trying to do it all yourself, which I think is very hard to be enough of an expert at all of those different steps. But train a little in it so that you can have a conversation with those experts and be able to more accurately say what you want. Right. So I'm glad I did it for that reason. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that sound editing is my gig, but I do love audio. <laughs> I, I do love narrating audiobooks. It's fun. Yeah. To, it's fun to uh, have a part in telling someone else's story, just like, just like in, a, in every part of storytelling. It's just, it's another creative outlet and I love it. Right. Very cool. By the way, if you weren't yeah. doing this acting, producing, writing thing, what would you be doing if you had another life? Right. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I also, one of my main things that I do is I, I teach acting as well. I teach it. Yeah. Um, I'm a faculty member at AMDA. I teach mm-hmm. at the Acting Corps in North Hollywood to my own. So, I, I mean, so if, if I would probably be doing that because that's part of it. But if I couldn't do anything like this, strangely enough, I'm, I really want to be a paleontologist. Oh, in my ne- nice. <laughs> <laughs> my um, God, that's random. Nice. I know I took again, ugh, advocate for all teachers who are, who love what they do because yeah. I took 
a class at Santa Monica Junior College in in our um, physical anthropology when I was at school at, on a summer course because I went to USC. But in the summer, I took this class, and she was so interested in what she was teaching. She was a paleontologist that I just, I really, I was like, oh my god, if I wasn't acting, I would want to be a paleontologist. Mm, yeah. And and especially kind of uh, genealogy is also is very particularly interesting to me. Yeah. Two things: one, the paleontology of like you know fossils and all that but also gene- genealogy and learning like what's what part our genes play in, oh, in our yeah. in who we are aren't or all of that it's a genetic makeup it's it's fascinating it's just fascinating oh, so very cool very 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 cool stuff yeah <laughs> maybe I, like I would that. do that yeah yeah interesting very interesting didn't expect you to say that very cool <laughs> yeah random slick. random thing <laughs> yeah yeah pretty slick um, yeah yeah my gosh Shout out to everybody that's listening to this live again. I appreciate everybody tuning in. I know there's a couple comments in the chat are enjoying the uh, the discussion there. So I appreciate you all tuning in to this. But uh, Suzanne, I think it's time to wrap this up here. We are all right. at the end of the program. But I want to tell you, it's been a pleasure having you on here this morning here. And on us for us uh, West Coasters, uh, you know, those, those East Coasters. We've got somebody listening here from the UK, too, as well. Oh, My wow. Goodness. So what time is it in the UK? Do we it's know? Like eight hours. So it's probably nine, okay. eight, seven. Uh, what is it? Yeah, maybe seven twenty-one. If it, it will be six, if it's eight hours, it'd be six or I guess seven yeah. now. Yeah, seven yeah. twenty-one. Yeah, seven twenty-one mm-hmm. or so. So, uh, All right, yeah, well, shout out to them. That's pretty cool. Have crazy. fun tonight. Have a fun Saturday evening. Yeah. yeah <laughs> probably about to go out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you joining me here this morning. Yeah, you said it's seven thirty. Yeah, about seven. So seven twenty-one. So my goodness, yeah, yeah. my the sun has already okay. set there. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate uh, tuning in. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on the program this early morning. I say early because I'm not a morning person. Yeah, just, I was gonna say some people might think we're wimpy, but yeah. it's uh, but yeah, it's it is morning. And oh, depending yeah. on when you went to bed, it might be early. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me, it's like after hours. Like, I'm so late. I'm, I'm always up wee hours of night. Are you more of an um, evening person? Uh, I am. Yeah, me and, too. And pr- perfect schedule is wake up early, yep. do like fun things outside, and then nap in the afternoon and then stay up late. Oh, perfect yes. Schedule. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> that might be from my theater background. I'm not sure, but it's, it's the perfect schedule. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yes to that. Well, yeah. again, it's been a pleasure having you on this program again a shout out to tammy lynn over at spotlight pr company for facilitating this conversation and folks if you were listening to this well actually if you weren't able to catch this live stream i should say you should certainly check out the podcast version which will be uploaded very soon and i believe it is time to fade out here suzanne what do you think (laughs) all right well, we will fade out here, folks. It was Suzanne okay. <laughs> Smith. Sorry, I didn't know if that was, yeah, it was great. This has been amazing. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Suzanne Schmidt. Make sure you check out Hey You, It's Me, folks. On that note, we'll finish up with some uh, closing thoughts here. And we will be back with more after this break. Thanks again, Suzanne. Thank you. And welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast here this morning. Before we wrap, gosh, I've got to thank our guest, Miss Suzanne Schmidt. What a fantastic discussion that was. Really appreciate her taking the time to come on 
this morning to chat it up. Folks, you got to check out her web series. You just got to check that out. I'll make sure I leave that information in the show notes there. Be able to check out the pilot or maybe you'll have to join Seed and Spark and check out the entire series. You won't be disappointed. Most importantly, I want to thank all of you for tuning in here this morning slash afternoon slash evening for some. Obviously, a show does not exist without you listening. So please continue to spread the word about this show and have a wonderful rest of your Saturday. And my gosh, I really appreciate you tuning in. With that said, dream big.